It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie. Now let's speak uh, to the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, following on uh, from uh, the protest and uh, the riots uh, that ensued in Dublin last weekend. Good morning to you, Minister, and thanks indeed uh, for joining us on the programme this morning before what we believe is another protest planned for next weekend, uh, the weekend coming in Cork. Uh, have you a message to anybody who uh, might be intending to attend uh, such a protest? Well, firstly, just to say what happened last weekend was unacceptable and anybody thinking of attending, whether it's anything potentially happening this weekend or beyond it, it's not without consequence. You know, I think most people, if not everybody, knows at this stage it is against the law to gather. Um, it is against the law to hold protests. It's not for any reason other than to protect people and it's introduced under public health legislation. Anybody who attends these events, um, we've seen from last weekend, there have been charges issued, there have been prosecutions and Gardaí are still working through CCTV footage. They're still looking at uh, images and pictures of those who attended the event, not just those who clearly were there to set out and to cause harm, but those who attended the event and who did not leave when asked to do so, and they will be following up with those. So anybody who is thinking of attending any type of a similar event, my message is that it's not without consequence, and I would urge people, I would ask people not to attend these type of events. What's maybe frustrating is that there were a lot of people who attended last weekend under the heading and under the, the frustration banner that we, we all feel with COVID-19 at the moment, but simply used it as an opportunity to agitate and to, to create uh, disruption, but also to cause harm. And there was quite a significant number of people there firing bottles, firing not just fireworks and rockets at the Gardaí, and the injured Gardaí, and it, it really can't be and it won't be tolerated. Mm, it's not legitimate protest. It, it's not legitimate protest because at the moment it is illegal for people to gather. It's illegal for these type of protests mm. to take place. Everybody is entitled to their opinion and I fully accept that and people are fed up and people are annoyed with COVID-19. However, it's not appropriate for people at the moment while we're in the middle of a lockdown and while we are still trying to reduce our COVID numbers to be gathering in such large numbers. But there were a significant number of people at those protests last week who were using people's frustration as an, as an excuse or reason to be there. And what we clearly saw is that their main objective and motive 
was to cause harm and was to cause disruption. Okay, there is uh, another motivation, isn't there? And that is uh, to garner public support, political support. Whether that's the case or not, I I don't think it's acceptable that we can use a a frustration with COVID or people's intent to try and gather some form of political support for or against the measures that have been introduced by government. What we saw last weekend was a large group of people who came who intentionally set out to cause disruption and to hurt members of Angarda Siakana. And irrespective of your political persuasion, irrespective of what you feel about COVID-19 and the measures that have been introduced, it's simply not acceptable that people can behave in that way. And really, it's not going to be tolerated. The Gardaí, mm. as many people saw, there were arrests made on the day. There was a special sitting of the district court that evening. You've had a number of arrests have been made since, and they are going through countless cameras and CCTV footage that would be across the city, obviously, but also a lot of footage that was taken on people's phones. And we've all seen it on our social media throughout the week. And they are using those to further their investigations. So I am absolutely and everybody is entitled to their own view, their own political persuasion. However, what they're not entitled to do is to put members of Vanguardia Shiakana in hospital, which is what happened last weekend. Mm. Exceptionally dangerous uh, and... um Dangerous for the Gardaí, dangerous for all of us, dangerous in terms of uh, the spread of uh, the disease, dangerous in terms of the spread of misinformation. But if uh, the thinking is uh, that there's a political goal here, a political end uh, that people are striving for and that that will resume in political support, is there something that can be done? Uh, I mean, if uh, we... Look at the United States, for example, and uh, what Donald Trump did there inciting hatred, inciting violence, inciting riots. Uh, I mean, could there be protections in place for uh, that type of behaviour and that if somebody believes that there is a political end to encouraging that type of behaviour, that uh, perhaps there wouldn't be a role for them in political life? Well, Michael, you're first right in saying that it's not just, it was not just damaging and it was not just um, a challenging situation for the Gardaí, but the large gathering of people could potentially lead to an increase in the spread in COVID-19. And obviously the implications, not just for those who were there, but beyond is quite significant. What we've seen happen, and it's a very difficult issue to deal with in that a lot of these uh, groups have come together through social media. There's obviously sharing of content and and particular views and again I would repeat people are entitled to their views or to their political leanings however what they're not entitled to do uh, is to break the law in the name of or under the banner of whether it's COVID-19 or any type of political persuasion and that is why the Gardaí and that is why we have taken such a strong stance against these protests and this is about protecting public health but also making sure that any type of and we saw very clearly the vast majority of people who attended that event, they were anti-vaccination, they were anti-face um, mask, but they were also from right-leaning political groupings where there is, I suppose, a particular narrative that is emerging, a lot of it which is online, and I think we need to be able to deal with this in the best way possible. From a Department of Justice perspective, my um, role is to make sure that any type of illegal content is clearly set out in the law that enables then the Gardaí to take down this type of illegal content. Um, however, sometimes it is difficult to identify where the threshold is, what is illegal content, what is not. 
with the Gardaí are constantly engaged with these social media platforms. They're engaged with their own department, but also with other departments to make sure that we're absolutely clear where content has been put online, where it's been spread, where it's been disseminated, where there was incitement to hatred, mm. where there is incitement to, to, to commit a crime against an individual or a group of people, that that information can be taken down and that type of information being spread can be prevented. OK, but the people who organised uh, the uh, event in Dublin last weekend, uh, I mean, given what transpired, do you think... If that was the intended outcome, that the same people meet what should be the standards in public office. So it's obviously not always known what is going to happen if an event is taking place. The Gardaí monitor this type of communication. They monitor what's being said online and it's on that basis they were able to identify that this protest was going to take place. In the first instance, they were able to put in place a policing plan and they were able to respond in the exceptional way that they did in a very challenging situation last week. Um, you know, obviously we, we can't prevent whether you're talking about somebody who wants to run for office or somebody who wants to get involved in the political space. Everybody has an opportunity to do that. However, what is very clear is that you cannot do so on the basis of inciting hatred or inciting this type of behaviour against other individuals. Um, I'm currently working on legislation at the moment, hate crime and hate speech legislation, which will look at that very issue where we put on a more statutory footing um, a criminal offence where individuals or groups of people, and it's not just on social media, it can be through other types of information or dissemination of information, are inciting hatred or inciting this type of behaviour again, against an individual, a group of individuals or people, and that we can strengthen the law in this space. So there's lots of different things that we can do. There's legislation and there's clear law there to try and protect people. Um, You know, as I've said, we cannot prevent Mm. people from putting themselves forward for election or or, uh, on the basis in which they stand, but we can make sure that there are laws there to clearly outline what is acceptable language, what is acceptable behaviour against another group or an individual um, and that's work that I'm currently doing at the moment. But a, a lot of this uh, starts on the internet, doesn't it? Uh, where lies are presented as facts. And this is a problem that's faced across the world. It's a very difficult issue. So while I can outline very clearly what is criminal content and what is not, where you have conversations happening, but also where you have disinformation or misinformation, it can be very difficult to know what is correct information and what is not. It can be very difficult for even social media platforms to know what is correct information and what is not. But what I would say is the era of self-regulation for these social media companies is coming to an end. And there's a huge amount of work being done on an international level, at a European level and at home as well to try and tighten and to strengthen the restrictions and the rules around this type of behaviour. We have a minister in the Department of Communications who's introducing for the first time legislation that will bring in into place an online safety commissioner. You have work that's been done by the Thonishta in his department and you have work, as I've just outlined in my own department, been done to try and tighten the laws and make sure that those who are responsible for breaking the law essentially online, that there's a clear law that can bring them to, to justice and to hold them accountable. But it's a very difficult space. We can see that every day on our phones. You get something on uh, and 
notice and you don't know whether it's correct information or not. You have to check and see whether it's from a legitimate source. And it's very easy for this type of misinformation to spread. There's a lot of work being done to try and tackle that. But it is a very difficult space and I think we need to all work together to try and tackle it. Okay, Minister, we'll leave it there for the moment and thank you indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. That's uh, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.